Yeah. It's time to go top shelf at the 72 Tavern and Grill. It's Rain Man and Scoop. For 60 games, Utica Comets 34-21-3 and 273 points. Third in the North Division, fifth in the Eastern Conference, eighth overall in the American Hockey League. Three straight wins. That would include last Wednesday against Rochester, 3-1. And then the 2-1 win on Friday in Charlotte and a 3-2 overtime win in Charlotte. 7-3-0-0 in the last 10. A plus 26 goal differential scoop. I like that. And uh, Of course, uh, Charlotte had a pretty good one going there until we uh, knocked them down a notch or two. Yeah, they put the puck in the back of the net. They had like a plus 30 yeah, going go, go, into yeah. the two games. Uh, the Comets, of course, faced them. But the man responsible, because you made it so easy for Lindy. I mean, the man responsible for the last goal scored by the Utica Comets is with us. It's Brogan Rafferty, number 25 defenseman, is with us. The uh, all-star representative for the Utica Comets, because Bush. Obviously, took uh, took the day off for dealing with some injuries. But man, it's some some nifty stick work, man. Thank you, thank it, you. It just it just happens. Yeah, it, situations like that, three on three, you just try to create two on ones and little opportunities to kind of break their defense down and get a good scoring chance. And that's just kind of what happened there. And it, yeah, great finish by Lindy. I've seen some sweet dangles from you over the last couple of weeks too. I've been in a lot of highlight packages for the team. Man, it just you're playing great right now, and the team is playing good, which is even more important. You always are deferential to team, team, team. You never want to talk about yourself. Every time I see post game stuff with you and whatnot. Yeah, no, I I think you'll find that trait among a lot of hockey players. Agreed. And just another one of those. Like it's about team. It's probably one of the most team sports you can be in, and uh, you know we all. We love each other. We work hard for each other every night. and um, So that's why it's all about the team for us. And we don't have any individuals on the team who are selfish players or selfish people off the ice. We all have a common goal, and that's to win hockey games and, and ultimately try to win a Calder Cup. Absolutely. How often, as opposed to five-on-five, five, are you practicing, say, three-on-threes or special teams, four-on-fours or fours-on-fives? I, I, mean, I imagine you do a little of that every day, or how, how how's that kind of... Work out three on three. I don't. We don't practice it much at all. Uh, it's kind of just puck possession, and it's a little instinctual. You either um, can play three on three really well, or some. Like I grew up playing roller hockey, obviously, and so I'm three on three and four on four kind of come natural to me now. But we don't practice it much. Like we practice five on four, obviously, and and four on five, but. When it comes to, like, four-on-three and three-on-three, stuff like that, it's you just kind of go out there and play. Yeah, because it's a situation, although it happens. Not often. Yeah, you're five-on-five or five-on-four or whatever. You know, so much more often. So you were an all-star this year, as I just alluded to. But I heard that – Is there, who told us there was a, a Brogan Rafferty jersey for six eighty-five for sale? I saw it on uh, – uh, Ben Burnell tweeted that today. Uh, there was a listing – Somebody was selling the uh, AHL All Star jersey for six eighty five. Did anybody tell your dad? Hey, your dad's name is Brian, right? Yeah. Did anybody <laughs> tell Brian uh, about that jersey? No, I, I actually. <clears throat> excuse me. He was in town last week, and we got to keep one of our All Star jerseys. So I gave him that to take home. Oh, dude, that's so awesome. we had we had three jerseys on for the game. Like we would wear one out for warm ups. It was like a red yeah. with the AHL crest on the middle. Yep. We would take it off and sign it, and then. Every um, we played three games. Every game we would wear a new blue jersey, 
and we would take it off after and sign it. And one of them would go online for the auction. One would uh, we got to take home, and then I don't know what happened to the third one, but there's something like that. So I I came home from Cali with one of my jerseys, which was really cool, and I gave it to my dad to bring home. So pretty good uh, rookie season for you so far. Late bloomer that you've called yourself. Uh, you've bloomed, man. You, you really have. I mean, I'm going to read you something from the Vancouver media. He can play right now, talking about in the NHL. He is smart, heady, and has on-ice maturity. He will be a second-pair guy on the power play. He can play now. I know what you're going to say. Well, right now I'm just focused on developing here and all that. Go ahead. Yeah. I'll let you respond to that. <laughs> no, that's exactly what I was going to say. I'm just constantly just working on all aspects of my game, and those are very nice words to hear about yourself and um, just to have people recognize what you're doing and believing in you it's pretty cool to have happen so like you like you said i'm just worried about uh the playoff race that we're in right now and winning hockey games going down this stretch so broken then here's the toughest question we'll probably ask you tonight self-assess then what is it left that you have to work on because you are one of a handful of guys that's going to constantly be in that conversation of who should be called up the next time vancouver needs somebody so what do you think it is yeah, I, I think it's uh, my defensive side of the puck. Um, it's it's tough. Like, there's so many different situations that get thrown at you every game. You have to react in uh, a half a you second. You have to react, yeah, so quickly. So it's just picking up guys, going to the net, and, and just being sharp all the time, being aware in the D zone, not trying to puck watch as much, and um, just staying more disciplined and more patient in the D zone and not trying to to jump up in the play or to try to lead the offense as much as you want to it's more about this especially this time of year you have to be more disciplined and more patient in your defensive zone and and then move the puck to the forwards and then you can maybe jump into the play if you see a pocket brogan rafferty with us number 25 defenseman on your utica comets it is utica comets insider with rain and scoop here at the 72 tavern bogo wing night tonight there's always i think there's basketball on behind me on the giant screen and different sports on all of the other screens it's a beautiful night come on out grab something to eat scoop you played against a guy who had a pretty good weekend uh friday night he was on the score sheet morgan geeky of charlotte winds up getting two goals and an assist against the penguins and helps the hurricanes uh, win a game after he played you guys on Friday night. And, and that's, that is, gosh, that is just exactly what the AHL is. You know, you hope that maybe one night you're in the AHL and next night you're Zach McEwen scoring two goals, helping your team uh, win, helping the Canucks win a game. Did the boys, uh, did the boys see the video of him when he went out to skate for first star, tossed the puck in the crowd, comes back, and then another little kid yelled at him? In walking in the tunnel, one of the can, I your, can I have your stick? Yeah, yeah and he I was, saw that. He was like, "No, man, I scored two goals with this thing. It's probably going back to his parents." I mean, you've you've played a couple games in the NHL. What an experience that is, man. We got to get you back there. I I, I know it's going to happen real soon. But talk about your teammate instead, Zach, and seeing a former teammate. I guess he's technically still a teammate. I mean, he could technically be back for the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, 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 yeah. You guys are friends. No, it's I amazing mean. seeing what he's doing up there. You got really high praise from I think Jim Benning and mm-hmm. calling him a full-time NHLer, which is and Travis too. Is that yeah, some nice things? Like, that's awesome to hear, and it's great to see him produce like he's doing. He works hard. He's a big guy and knows his role. And he's I think he's playing it perfectly up there, and he's kind of settled into that lineup pretty nicely. And um, and the fans and the coaches are seeing the results of. All of his hard work over the past couple of years down in Utica. What is the adjustment like for you uh, coming to the AHL, 
uh, and the number of games, uh, getting used to that. Uh, and you've had some experience with that, but what, what is the hardest part of the adjustment, maybe? Is it the number of games or just what, what from your side of things, what has been the toughest thing to work on in becoming an AHL player? Yeah, that's the number of games and, um, you know, your body gets worn down. I'm not used to that. Uh, I mean, in junior, I played a season where I had 70 games, but it wasn't against uh, the caliber of players that are here and stuff. So, like I was saying earlier about my game, where you have to be sharp all the time and, and know all the different situations, it's part of that comes from just learning how to manage your, manage the games with when you're not, you know, you don't have the necessarily the legs to, to exert a lot of energy that night. You just have to pick your spots, like I was saying earlier, but... The amount of games for me has been the biggest adjustment, obviously, but I think me and, uh, you know, getting insight, picking up on what the veterans do day in and day out to kind of manage their bodies. And Do you watch or do you ask the question point blank of these guys? No, you don't. I don't ask. I just kind of see what they're doing. Like, oh, if they're, like, taking a cold tub or a hot tub or if they're in the, the training room getting work done on them, like, you just kind of pick up on what it's like to become a pro and you just learn from them. You just try to be a sponge, especially in your rookie year. So that's what I'm trying to do. There's 76 games in the regular season alone. So it feels like every other day we play a game and you have to kind of you get bumps and bruises almost every game, and the off days are just as important as the game days. Well, we had asked right before we got on the air the the comments for those that don't know when they were in Charlotte, they went to the NBA, went to an NBA game, a Hornets game down there, and you had said you didn't participate in that. Is that part of the reason why you hung back? Kind of along those lines, you knew it was. You know what? This is a good time to just recharge the batteries mentally, a bit. not just physically, but mentally as well. Because I think sometimes frame of mind might be part of it too. Yeah, a little bit. We had a long travel day, too, so I wanted to get back to the hotel room when we landed and get a nice dinner with some of the guys who didn't want to go to the game, and then we just kind of came back to the hotel room and relaxed, and that was just a personal decision that I made that I just felt like Friday night for me to be at my best, I wanted to be at the hotel room and just having a, a quieter night than I would if I were to go to the game. But the guys who went to the game, they were, they were feeling good, and there's nothing against that either. Like They had a great time and stuff, and yeah. I mean, all was, all maybe, was okay because we got the win on Friday night too. So. Yeah, maybe you'll go to the next one. You yeah. know, you can always, if you're feeling it next time, you can always do it next yeah. time. Yeah, absolutely. So we're up against the break. We're going to step aside for a second, but before we do, I'm going to – I'm going to show how cool I am for a really quick second. Do you remember, I'm, going to sh- I'm showing Brogan a picture. Do you know who that guy is right there? I think so. That's, that's uh, Bobby Sanguinetti. Oh, yeah, okay. You know why he's important? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're going to ask you about that as soon as we <laughs> come back. We're going to take a quick break from the 72 Tavern and Grill. It's Utica Comets Insider on 94.9 K-Rock. Brogan Rafferty is with us. Hang on. Let's go, Comets! Let's saucer pass back to Rayman and Scoop on Comets Insider. You Live from the 72 Tavern and Grill on 94.9 K-Rock. Brogan Rafferty is our guest, and if you missed the first part of that conversation, we'll have it podcasted later. Apple, Google, Spotify, SoundCloud, at K-Rock CNY on Twitter and Facebook. You'll find the links there. I want to ask you, Brogan, about maybe uh, one favorite or a couple favorite moments and memories from your AHL All-Star Game experience because I can't imagine you even imagined something like that when you started the season. Maybe you dream about it. You're a kid. You dream about, you know, Game 7 of the Stanley Cup and scoring the winning goal, things like that. But here you are, and maybe you met a player, you met somebody, or you had a, a, a cool moment that'll just stick with you the rest of your life. What might some of those moments be? 
Uh, I think just being there for me was really, really cool. Um, just being able to meet other guys around the league and kind of just in a non-competitive environment, obviously. You're not playing a game that's worth anything, that's that really means anything. So you can kind of just relax. And I had a lot of family members out there, and they were able to come and watch. My grandparents, who don't see me play often, came and flew out. Um, that's so, awesome. See, that's cool. You get to it's share just with stuff family. like that. That's awesome. It, like oh, the moments away from the rink were almost better than they were at the rink. But no, like seeing that fastest shot was pretty cool by uh, Ferk, and uh, just being a part of the the whole the whole weekend was really cool for me. I don't know if I have a, a specific point in time that I was that was my favorite, but I think just the whole weekend was amazing. Did it seem like it was over like almost as soon as it began? It was such a blur of family and an activity that it just was over really quick yeah it was pretty quick we we only had a couple days but um we had a full day after the all-star game like we we stayed over the night and went down to newport beach we had the whole day to kind of go and see california and and everything else that it offers and that was really fun too like that obviously was probably the highlight of the trip for me was that having that whole day and being with my family around california made the whole experience worth it. Yeah, it was awesome. So what's it like when you meet a family like the Barnes who come out every single Monday to Comets Insider, but then you go down to Charlotte to watch the team, to have a fan base in the American Hockey League that's that's like that. I mean, it's just an amazing thing to see. And then you come back here and they come up and say hello. And I know a lot of the guys recognize that. Comets fans travel well, I think is really my point. It's not just to Charlotte, and we've asked this of others before, but it's a great place to play hockey, isn't it? I it mean, sure is, what a yeah. great first professional experience for you, rookie year. I mean, there's so many things that I think you will reflect on maybe after the fact or talk about with family. But that's got to be one of them. Yeah, I mean, playing in front of a sold-out crowd every night is amazing. And not a, not many other teams have that. Like, we've been around to a lot of the different le- uh, rinks in the league, and, you know, they don't do nearly as well as we do here. So it's something that we cherish and that we, we don't take for granted, definitely, and seeing how well our fans travel all over the the country for us really um it means a lot to us and it's just it's awesome to see especially in my first year um this the bar is pretty high right now so. absolutely so if you're if you're a comet fan and you're out there listening just know this is something that the boys realize in the locker room they understand the importance of you being out there cheering them on so all right I, i'm going to do this again Showed you the picture of Bobby Sanguinetti. I don't want to bury my lead uh, coming in here to sec- the second segment of Utica Comets Insider on 94.9 K-Rock. But most points in a season, seven years in existence now for the Utica Comets. That record has now been broken and owned. It is owned by you. And there's, I mean, you're going to bury it by the time the season's over. It's just, it's just coming out and playing consistently every night, and the rest takes care of itself, I'm sure. Uh, but any, anything else that you're feeling about that? I mean, that's, you never, that's another thing. Do you... Do you expect to be an all-star? Do you expect to break a, a team record and something like that in your rookie year? Or you just sit back and go, holy cow, I can't believe this. No, I I would be lying if I told you I, would, I expected that coming into the season. Like, I just wanted to, uh, to get into the lineup as much as I can and try to make an impact um, every game. And it, the season's kind of taken off in a different direction than I anticipated, And but it's a good direction, obviously. And uh, to have the record, is pretty, it's pretty special to me. And Bobby was actually really class. He sent me a nice message after I broke it and congratulated me, telling me that uh, set the bar high and stuff like that. So, no, it's it's a great honor for me to to have 
possession of that record and um, just going to try to keep going from here. Well, your family must have been hyped for you, though. I know you, you're you very humble, obviously, as hockey players are. We established that. But your parents, your, your family, your grandmother, I mean, were they like, yeah, way to go? I mean, yeah, my, my, probably more excited than you, right? Yeah, they, I got a bunch of text messages after the game and stuff because I was kind of sitting on the line uh, for five or six games and kind of struggling to get, you know, punch through the ceiling so to say it was weird though yeah. by the way that you didn't you did have that little law i remember talking about it in a pregame yeah. we were yeah. like it's really odd to not see brogan like at least every other game or so doing something go ahead yeah it's just something every player goes through in the season and just something i i i wasn't getting that frustrated i was just uh you know i was getting good looks i was playing well i thought and you know so the puck just wasn't going my way and that happens sometimes so you just stay the course and it all worked out in the end, but my dad was there the night that I broke it awesome. in Rochester. So that was a cool moment for him to, to see that and it, to, for it to happen on a goal was pretty cool as well. How does it feel to be in this part of the season as opposed to the early months of the season? This part of the season where you've got all these different games with North opponents uh, and the points count so much trying to get two points every chance you get. Syracuse creeping back up into the conversation. And Binghamton. Too. Yeah, what, and, and you're facing and Syracuse. And hasn't been too bad either. What, what, what is the, the focus like now? I mean, it, does it feel entirely different from the early part of the season because you are knuckling down and you really are bearing down with a, uh, a laser beam focus on a goal in hand. Well, there's the there's always the cliche where you go, hey, it's still early, it's early, it's early, but now it's not anymore, mm-hmm. I think, is where we are. Yeah, I mean, look at the scores the past couple of games we've been. The games are tight now, mm-hmm. and it's dang near playoff hockey, and earlier in the year when we were kind of having our way with teams, and um, we knew it was going to tighten up, and it did, and now it's a, it's a different vibe uh, around the rink. It's it's always um, you know fun to come to the rink, and our coaching staff and players have done a great job of making sure that's the way that it is. But just in terms of uh, it being a, a job, and we want to make the playoffs like everything's much more uh, detail oriented, and there's a there's an urgency around the rink every day in practice and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. I mean, I think that's when we play our best hockey is when we're you know under the gun a little bit, and they're. We have a little bit of pressure on us, especially from teams who are coming up behind us in the standings, and there's always teams that we want to catch. So it's an exciting time right now, and with 15 games left, it's it's a race. It's a race to the... Belleville is a pretty strong team, and Rochester as well. And you got them on Friday, Syracuse on Wednesday. You know what I loved about the, the trip to Charlotte specifically? You won both games, obviously, but both were comebacks. There was a... It was a yeah. stretch. Last four or five games. Big were, comeback on Saturday night. I think four out of five games, you guys had scored the first goal and had been winning, obviously, on a 7-3 and three streak in the last 10. But both of those games in Charlotte, not only on the road, but comebacks, which proves your point exactly. That's what you want to see, a team that's not giving up playing every single second of the game. That's playoff hockey. Yeah, definitely. And as much as we'd like to not have to come back for the – those two games in the weekend um it happens and it's we're gonna we're gonna have to do that in playoffs too um we're gonna we're not gonna score the first goal of the game every time and when we don't we're gonna have to find a way to get back our into the game and find a way to win the game and that's what we did this weekend it was a great weekend really good road trip for us too to go three and oh and those are huge it's a huge six points for us in the standings absolutely talk about the play of uh your goaltender saturday night jake Kiley, who gets his first ahl 
win, I believe that was his first. It was, yeah. And, you know, I was impressed that, you know, you guys went down, but he kept you guys in there and allowed you guys the time to come back and win that game. So talk about his play a little bit. Yeah, big time. And our goalies have been the rocks for our team the past couple of weeks. Like, Mikey's been playing outstanding, obviously. and for 11 Jake, straight. Yeah, for Jake to come in and, and play that well. He bailed me out a couple of times. I know that. I had a couple of bad turnovers that led to great scoring chances, and, and he was there for me. But he just looks super confident in the net, and even when he's going back to play the puck, like just making good decisions and just staying calm under pressure. And I played against him a lot in college, and he was just the same way. He, wants, he plays with confidence and plays his game. Like He's a very good goaltender. And, um, uh, yeah, our team was really happy for him when he got his first win and his first start. Well, how about how about that? You talked all about the team, and you got him bailing you out on one end, but then you turn around with a beautiful <laughs> setup, and and Lindy put it in the back of the it net. It all comes around, man. But but how about it though? I mean, Lindy had to finish that. I mean, I know you love to talk about your teammates. He has definitely uh, stepped up. He had a lull in, in his season, and he's definitely gotten right back in the mix the last handful of games. I've been really impressed by Cole Lynn lately. Yeah, me and him kind of were going through the same situation, um, and a little bit of a lull. As far as, like, score sheet-wise, obviously, we weren't producing as much as we wanted to and we were expected to, but um, that happens every season for different players, and we just we're kind of working our way out of it right now, and that was a great goal for him to, to get back in, uh, in the swing of things. I want to ask you one last question. We're up against a break here on Utica Comments and Saturday with 94.9 KREC, but you went to Quinnipiac. And I saw, did you tweet or maybe Instagram something recently? Didn't they just do something postseason-wise? I just, I tweeted they were playing Yale uh, a couple weeks ago. Is that was, that's what it was. So you follow them, though? Yeah. Where are they right now? They are going to play Yale, actually. In it's the coming up? ECAC best of three matchup for the quarterfinals. All right, all right. We're going to root for him just yeah. because of you, man. Yeah. Is that Thank a deal? You. Yeah, love right. it. That is Brogan Rafferty, uh, outstanding defenseman on the Utica Comets, uh, his second time joining us here on Insider this season. Thank you very much for the time. Always great to talk to you and uh, say hello to Brian and everybody. I see him on Twitter sometimes. <laughs> and uh, we wish we could outbid the Barneses for yeah. the other jersey, but luckily he got one from the All-Star game. This is 94.9 KROC. We're going to come back with a voice. Joe Roberts, we've got a highlight montage from the Comets win in overtime on Saturday. That winning goal assisted by one Brogan Rafferty. Hang on, that's all next. Utica, let's do that hockey. Utica Comets Insider. Live from the 72 Tavern and Grill on 94.9 KROC. And now our Comets Insider grind line with Rain Man the Rocket, Scoop the Cement Head, and play-by-play voice Joe Cujo Roberts. So, uh, Jake Kiley couldn't have stopped the shot from Bork on Charlotte. Nah. And then Cooper scored. Uh, that's not good. But then three straight goals from the Utica Comets this past Saturday. Uh, Six o'clock start from the Bojangles Coliseum. So, of course, who else but Reed Boucher grabs his 33rd and 34th. Brogan assisted. Brogan Rafferty, our guest on Comets Insider tonight, he assisted on Boucher's goal. Carter Camper picked up two assists. He assisted on both of those goals. And then Brogan turns around with the ridiculous dangles and sets up an overtime Cole Lind. Your highlight montage right now from the Comets win on Saturday. Chatfield on the reversal. Goes all the way up to wall for Boucher. A buck 15 to go in the period. Boucher, great feed to Berchi. He and Camper come in two on one. Camper on the left wing side. Fire scores! 
Raiders. Carter Camper beats Keith Kincaid with a wicked wrist shot from the left wing side into the top corner and the Comets tie the game at one. What a shot from Camper. 18 minutes and 50 seconds into period number one. He goes up the boards for Berchi, reaching out. He chopped it to Camper. The Comets can have numbers if they hurry. Here they come. Up the right side, Boucher. Camper to the net. Boucher drives in his shot. He scores! Reed Boucher throws a dart into the top corner and puts the Comets ahead. Two goals to one. Four minutes and ten seconds into period number two. Utica flush it all the way down the ice. Bailey behind the D to outrun the icing. He spins and he's crunched there. He was shouldered by Fitzgerald. And now Lynn and Bailey come to meet Fitzgerald with some pushing and shoving. Lynn pulls the gloves down. Fitzgerald with a right on him as Lynn throws an uppercut there. Cole Lind and Fitzgerald with the gloves down toe-to-toe out to the left of Kincaid. Lynn with another uppercut. Lynn comes over the top as those two go down as Cole Lind protects his wonder twin Justin Bailey by shedding the gloves after Bailey was hit by Fitzgerald on the numbers while trying to execute a spin move in the end boards. That guy sucked. Wow. Exciting, exciting couple of games. And if we go back to Rochester, you know, these are big points, a big six points, a, a big road trip. Yeah. You got to win. You know, you got these teams behind you. Binghamton keeps winning. You know, Syracuse is putting the pressure on behind you. And then you're trying to catch teams like Belleville and Rochester. Just a big couple of games and a great week of Comets hockey. Really did everything they could possibly do and gutted out some wins, I thought. you got to feel good about the team as the playoff pushes on. I mean, you're 60 games in. You don't have many left on this season. That's 15 games, 16 games. Right now, Syracuse is creeping back into the conversation with 67 points. There was a time where you were like, yeah, they haven't been playing really well at all, but they're, they split two in Toronto. People but said that about Binghamton. Look what they're doing. Binghamton's know? climbing back. Yeah, Binghamton's climbing back into it, Scoop. They're in fourth right now. North Division with 70 points. Rochester has 75. Belleville has 81. But at one point, I mean, you've got that down to eight points. It was a 12-point lead not too long ago. So every team's going to go through those. Listen, Belleville's going to lose some games. They are. You can't keep that pace up. Everybody has a lull in the season. Teams have lulls in the season. So it's to be expected. But Brogan Rafferty, man, let's just talk about him. We're trying to connect with Joe Roberts, and if we don't, don't worry. There's plenty of other Comet stuff to talk about. But Brogan Rafferty, as you know, forty he broke the record by Bobby Sanguinetti. He's past that now, but 41st point of the season. That was back on February 26th. New record for Comet's defenseman. His first goal, his first pro goal, was back on October 18th. There's a nice list of Comets milestones that we're referring to at UticaComets.com. He won a Rookie of the Month award. You forget about that. That was in the month yeah. of December. A very noticeable rookie campaign for him. But we've had a player of the week this year. Nikolai Galdobin got that. Je- uh, Justin Bailey grabbed that back on January 20th when he had six goals and eight points over three games. I mean, it's just remarkable. Some other milestones. Lucas Yasik shot out of a cannon the other night. That was the description of his game. 50th career AHL point on December 27th. Uh, Sven Berchi got his 50th career AHL goal on February 28th. You could go on from there, I'm we, sure. We really have some milestones yeah, a to lot kind of, them. of put this season in perspective. Uh, you've got uh, guys who have eclipsed uh, 100 games now and 100 career points. 
Uh, Trent Cole on February 12th, uh, a win over Laval. That was his 100th as the guy behind the bench for the Comets. Uh, Dylan Blugis appearing in his 250th career AHL game on December 13th. Hope he's feeling okay after getting uh, beat on this weekend. You know, uh, it was a tough weekend for him. Justin Bailey, uh, he accomplished 250 career AHL games back on January 10th. Ashton Sautner did that January 24th. And as for point production, Sven Berchi got his 250th career pro point on December 9th. So these accolades, these mileposts, these things just keep adding up and really show that, you know, this is a a special season. I mean, we've got all these guys over 40 points now. You know, I mean, there are things that are happening that we haven't seen happen before, which is very nice. You got seven players with 40 or more points this season, the first time in franchise history. I thought it was it was uh, remarkable to look at 550 career games for Carter Banks, the captain, 350 and counting in a Comet sweater. Uh, I love to see that. There's a lot more milestones that can be reached by the end of this season. Reed, Reed Boucher, you know, I mean, he, he matched one over the weekend. Yeah, let's see. So the Comets' single-season goal-scoring record was Darren Archibald with 23 in a season. Then uh, Tanner Caro had 24 in the 18-19 season. Reed Boucher had 25 in 17-18 season. Bouche then last year at the 31, and this year he's up to 34 I have a good feeling that's probably going to be around 40 or more by the time the season's over. And, and what Boucher has done now with uh, career goals leader for the Comets with 76 and, uh, you know, uh, these marks that have held, been held by guys like Alex Grenier for so long, you know, uh, we're eclipsing those marks this year. Man, I just hope we, <laughs> we keep playing like we did this last week because it was a good week at Comets hockey. I'm trying to see here. So if Carter Banks plays seven more games, and he, he'd missed a few. He was in Charlotte, but he wasn't in the lineup. He's a little bit banged up. But he's seven short of 600 in his career now, having surpassed the 550 mark back on November 6th, as we had alluded to a few minutes ago. Tyler Gravac, couple games shy of 400, two assists shy of 100, four goals shy of 100. There's some guys doing some great things in the American Hockey League, for sure. And we got a game coming up Wednesday where, you know, Reed Boucher, if he gets a goal, you know, uh, he sets that single-season record and uh, five points shy of setting a new career record with the Comets. So that's absolutely fantastic. Listen, since uh, we weren't able to connect with the voice Joe Roberts, why don't we take a break a couple minutes early, give us a few more minutes to get some observations from Corey Hergott from Canucks Army. So we're going to get him on the phone. We'll do that next right here on 94.9 K-Rock. The 72. Now back to two guys who have spent more than a little time in the sin bin. Here's Rayman and Scoop on Comets Insider. And we are joined by Corey Hergott from Canucks Army on the line with us now. Uh, Corey, it's great to have you on and, and talk to you after three solid wins. And uh, the last one, just a thrilling comeback when you're down 2 nothing. Team has showed a lot of fight throughout the season, and uh, I loved what I saw uh, the last three games. How are you feeling about it, Corey? Well, I, I agree, and uh, I heard Brogan mention it earlier on the show, but, uh, you know, it's kind of like playoff hockey. I've been talking about that for the last couple of weeks, that this stretch is going to be that way. 
kind of going forward the rest of the way is is pretty much going to be playoff hockey with uh you know the team so tightly bunched up in the north division and to see the team uh you know hit the road and and come back with all six points uh that that's huge for them uh to see uh mikey di pietro have a big bounce back game after getting yanked last weekend and, and uh come up with two big performances and then Jake Kiley coming out and, uh, get, you know, getting a win in his first AHL start. Uh, you know, you, you can't really say a whole lot uh, bad about the way things went in the last uh, in the last week of hockey, aside from maybe, uh, you know, Dylan Blue just getting dinged up like he did. Corey, I wanted to ask, because I was at the radio station. We were still at the radio station when it happened, but I want to take you back to Friday's game against Charlotte, the 2-1 to win. And we had talked on the pregame the next day about the – the flop call, the diving call, the embellishment call on Lorenz from Charlotte. You watched the games on AHL Live. I didn't see it, but you did. And it's, in essence, a flop in hockey. Uh, But you don't see that very often. Did you find that odd? Well, I mean, it happens from time to time. And you're going to get these. uh, You see it in the NHL once in a while as well where uh, – You'll see a guy get uh, whistled for a call, and then the the uh, player that he is whistled for committing the crime on also gets sent off for for diving, or they call it unsportsmanlike uh, conduct right, or right. whatever. But but yeah, it's uh, it's not something that uh, <laughs> that you see often, but it does happen. Uh, I'm sure the players who get whistled for it, uh, you know prototypically they feel shame when they go to the box after that one you know you don't want to be the guy getting fingered for uh, for diving that's for sure so the rest of the way here Corey, you know it's syracuse on wednesday night belleville on friday night uh boy belleville's awfully good the the rest of the 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 way here who are you really looking at as being most problematic for our comments, uh, boy, Syracuse right behind us. Belleville is so good. Uh, we got two games with Rochester, a few notches above us. Boy, it's like it's 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 all bunched up. And Binghamton's playing themselves and, back and into the conversation. Laval hasn't been bad. Well, they don't have to play Binghamton, thankfully, because I think that's uh, that's a team I'd be worried about right now to be uh, to be playing for the Comets. Uh, Zane McIntyre's been on fire since uh, since he headed over there, and uh, you know you certainly don't want to see him being the guy. He's a great guy, but you don't want him seeing you know being the guy that uh, crushes the Comets' playoff hopes. Um, I, I think Syracuse is going to be a team to uh, keep an eye on whether or not they can catch up to the Comets in the standings. I think uh, I think the Comets play them a, a few times here in the last little bit. So that's a team that, uh, you know, Utica is really going to have to step up for those games, and, and they generally do. But uh, those are games that they're going to really, really have to, uh, you know, take advantage of if they can. Was it four or five left against There's Syracuse? Four, four left against Syracuse yeah. to my count. And I'm seeing Belleville on here twice. Laval once, Rochester. I think I actually it's five. I missed it's five Syracuse. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, the fifth I one think. being this Wednesday, one, and then two. four more after yeah, that. Yeah, five five left with Syracuse. So those are you know, those Delmonico Italian Steakhouse Galaxy Cup games are of the utmost importance and are key to what's going to happen in this race for playoff spots. A couple of things about Cole Lind. For, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Corey. Oh, no, I was, uh, go ahead, go, 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 call. go ahead. 
A couple things about Colin. First of all, his fight in defense of Justin Bailey and Joe had referenced them as the Wonder Twins scoop, which made yeah. me laugh. And then him just burying that ridiculous move, uh, the ridiculous carrying of the puck by Brogan, who obviously was with us for the first half of Comets Insider. Uh, he's he's had a resurgence of late after a lull for a handful of games. I wanted you to comment about him. Yeah, and, I, and this was something that I kind of wanted to keep my eye on in the second half here with players who were who were having a good first half. Obviously, Brogan had a fantastic first half, and, and he slowed down a little bit in the second half, and now he's picking back up again. Uh, similar situation with Cole. Uh, it's good to see him getting back on, on the score sheet again. But even when he wasn't scoring, uh, we were seeing Cole still kind of, you know, he, he might not have been putting up points, but he was still playing his game. He was still forcing turnovers. He was still hard on the back check, back check hard on the forecheck. He was still making plays. The pucks just weren't going in for him or, or for, uh, for his line mates at the time. Uh, confidence is the biggest thing with Cole. Uh, I, we've said it a bunch of times this season. You can just see it uh, in his game. Um, he looks like a like an AHL hockey player this year, and we couldn't really say that last year for most of the season. Kind of towards the end of the year, you could kind of say, hey, Cole's kind of looking like he, he can handle himself in this league. And uh, he's kind of come out of the gate this year. You know, credit to him for the work that he put in in the offseason. He's been full value all season this year. He's, he's done the work. He's been put into uh, positions and opportunities where he can have some success, and to his credit, he's taken advantage of those and earned the trust of the coaching staff. Uh, so it's a situation where the coaching staff can kind of feel comfortable if they have to pile a little bit more on Cole's plate if somebody else goes cold or gets injured. Uh, you know, Cole's, Cole's a guy who I think can be relied on now as a, as a you know, a top-tier player for this team who can step up when needed. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do in the playoffs if the team gets there because I think Colin's uh, style of hockey is built for the playoffs. Uh, I'm really looking forward to see what he can do there because I have a feeling that he's one of the guys on this team that can get really, really hot in the playoffs. Over the last week or so, Corey, uh, on Twitter, I've seen Canucks fans ready to jump off the bridge. The lone... Highlight, though, was the big fella getting two goals. How satisfying was it to see Zach McEwen contribute to that extent? Well, I mean, everybody knows how I feel about Zach McEwen. He's he's a guy that... uh, you know, I came into this into my gig with Canucks Army at the same time he started with uh, with the Comets. At the same time, Trent Call came on with the team, and Guillaume Brisebois and Jalen Chatfield. So there's a bit of a a bit of a bond for me with those guys that that I kind of feel. And uh, uh, it's just one of those things where watching Zach come up and and uh, you know silence the people that doubted him to a certain extent. I mean, he's only played a handful of games now, and, and he's had some success. He's still got work to do up there, but uh, seeing him getting into those games taking advantage and seeing him playing the game that we saw him play in Utica that's starting to translate at the NHL level he's not getting a pile of minutes when he's in the lineup he was under eight minutes in that game uh, and picked up a, a couple of couple of goals and you know dished out some pretty nice hits too and I mean that's part of his game and that's the kind of thing that he needs to do you know to stay in the lineup and when you hear Travis Green talking about how you know, he's got a soft spot for those kind of throwback players who, you know, 
do their time in the American Hockey League and earn their minutes down there and then come up and, and do the same at the NHL level. I think that the team has invested, uh, you know, time and, and resources in Zach McEwen, and he's kind of, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? He's rewarded what what they've put into him by showing them that he's a player that, you know, they can count on going forward as uh, somebody who can move up and down and around their lineup and contribute in, in more ways than one. He's just a very, very useful player, and I love seeing him have success at the NHL level. I also want to ask you what you thought of Travis Green's remarks that essentially are he expects the Canucks to make the playoffs. He expects them to play their way in. I kind of like that. Well, yeah, and I mean that's uh, I'd, I would imagine we'd hear a similar sort of a thing from uh, from Trent Call. They're the whole thing with this uh, the organization, the system that they that they use. Everything is based on uh, you know you put in the work and you're going to get rewarded. And and I think that's Travis Green's way of saying, hey guys, you're a good enough team to make the playoffs. You just have to keep putting in the work. Things will turn around and, and we'll muscle our way in there. And I mean. That's the mentality that you have to have as a professional hockey player. Uh, you know, whether you're down um, players to injuries or, or uh, players who aren't playing well at, at a certain time, somebody always has to step up. And I think that's just Travis's way of challenging his group. And I expect to see the group step up to the challenge. Uh, you know, we saw Thatcher Demko have a bit of a rough outing and uh, came back and played another good game. So. It's just the way it goes at the NHL level. It's the way it goes at the American Hockey League level. The, the coaches are always have to they always have to find a way to motivate their players, and, and sometimes it's uh, stating the obvious and saying, "Hey, you guys are good enough to do this. Get it done." And you got to play defense too, which is why you get in the doghouse of Travis Green and get sent to the American Hockey League, like Nikolai Goldobin, and perhaps why you haven't seen him in the lineup for three days. But we're not going to get into that. All I have to say <laughs> is, uh, Corey, it's uh, great to see Jake Kiley, who Scoop had brought up. Give Mikey DiPietro a breather, not just physically after 11 straight, but also mentally. Give me 20 seconds on that, and uh, we got to wrap things up for the night. Yeah, I was thrilled to see Jake get in there and, and show well in his start. I mean, he uh, he played really well in, the, in his mop-up duty the other day, uh, last game as well. So to see him step in and, and play a good game like that and give Mikey that break, that's a huge, huge thing. They're going to need him to do that a couple of more times over the last right. stretch of the season here. Corey Hergott uh, is with Canucks Army at C-O-R-Y-H-E-R-G-O-T-T. We can't stress enough how important it is to follow him if you're a Comets fan. This has been Utica Comets Insider from the 72 Tavern and Grill on 94.9 K-Rock, where the last word always goes to scoop. Go Comets! Save big at the third annual used Ferris sale at Clinton Tractor. Over 50 quality used Ferris mowers to choose from. Completely serviced and ready to go. Shop at their indoor showroom on Meadow Street in Clinton. Whether you're interested in three-wheel riding mowers, zero-turn mowers, or walk-behinds, Clinton Tractor will have several models to choose from. It's the used Ferris sale at Clinton Tractor, March 26th through the 28th. We are the leader in service, Clinton Tractor. The New York Lottery has a new scratch-off game series that can make your day, week, month, or year. But to make your next 15 seconds, I shall pretend to narrate this commercial as a natured documentarian. 